Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, I made a mistake this week. Maybe you've made a mistake like this. I looked into one of those close-up mirrors. You ever done that? Like one of those mirrors that magnifies your face? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You know why it was a mistake. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I'm a lot older than I imagined. What happened to me? I'm like almost 45. I actually started look. I'm looking like I'm 45 all of a sudden. I thought I looked 25 still. It magnified reality, magnified reality. And my hope this morning is that reality would be magnified for you. The mirror of this, of the mirror of our maker would magnify reality in you. We've been talking about our maker is our mirror. The one who made us is the only one who can define us. Isn't that true? And and this quote, there's a way God sees you because he formed you. There's a way you see you and there's a way others see you. And where you go from this point in life depends on which mirror you believe. So my hope and my prayer is this week, today, this morning, you, your reality would be magnified in such a way you'd see yourself as God sees you. He's the only one who can define you. A couple weeks ago, three weeks ago, we started this series. John talked about how precious and valuable and special you are, more than you think, more than you could imagine to God. And then a couple weeks ago, I spoke on just being adopted. What does that mean when we look in the mirror and we see we're an adopted son or daughter of God? And then last week at the beach, Scott told a great story of Jesus and Peter and how Jesus calls out our true identity in us. And he wants to do that for you this morning and continue to do that for us. So let's read the scripture this morning. This scripture, it just rocked me, this world, this, this, uh, this week. It is so good. And I'm, I'm super excited to share it with you. So have you come expecting to hear God's voice this morning? Did you? Yes. I hope so. Because you're going you're gonna to hear God's voice. Let's, let's hear what he says. Colossians 1, 26 through 29. There's a divine mystery, a secret surprise. Did Paul get your attention yet? That has been concealed from the world for generations. But now... It's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Here it is. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. 
This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people. And God wants everybody to know it. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with tireless intensity and with power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. God, help us to receive your word and give us the courage and the strength to live it out today. Amen. This is such a powerful, profound passage in the scriptures, Colossians 1. It really answers some of life's biggest questions. Who am I? Why am I here? The questions that we continue to ask ourselves, even at 45, almost 45, I'm only 44. Um, Don't go too fast. Um, But, you know, this is, if you read the book of Colossians, this is what Paul is addressing, these two big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And he starts in chapter one, just before this, you can go and read it later. He, he talks about Jesus and how Jesus is supreme and sufficient. It's all about the supremacy and the sufficiency of God that, that in all things, all things were created by him and for him. And he is the image of the invisible God. We get to see, we get to see God revealed before us. This is what Colossians is about, the supremacy, the sufficiency of God. And Paul reminds us that he created you, he sustains you. Anything good that happens in your life is from him. It's for him and it's for his glory. There is no job, there's no amount of money, there's no status, there's no boy, there's no girl, there's no friendship, there is no experience, there's no fame, nothing can tell you how valuable you are except Jesus. Nothing, only Jesus has the authority to do that because you were created by him and for him. And so we read this, this mystery, this divine mystery, this secret. What, what is he talking about? Hopefully your ears perked up a little bit as you heard that. Paul is writing to a, a church that is dealing with a lot of false teaching in its midst. And these, these, this group of teachers called the Gnostics, they had this secret knowledge that they, they were saying, you know, if you want to go to the next level, if you wanna live that, that next level life, you need to come and hear the secret knowledge that we're gonna tell you. And Paul's saying, no, no, you, you are totally, don't, don't even go there. I don't know if you've ever been enticed by the secret books. You, you see, have you been enticed by those? You've seen those online, you know, the three secrets to a successful business, the five secrets to amazing intimacy, the 10 secrets to living a full life of joy. Anybody else have ever been enticed by one of those and picked one of those up? Maybe, maybe even the book called The Secret. You, you remember that one that came out like 20 years ago? Whatever happened to The Secret? It's not around anymore. I don't know why. Because the secret is this. It's Paul is saying, this is the secret. It's here. It's Jesus 
in you. That is the secret. Nothing else. There's nothing else that needs to be preached. This is it. This is the secret. And the New Living Translations even, even says it better. It's, it just says, this is the secret, colon. So we're really clear about what it is. Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. So that's our focus this morning is union with Christ. And I'm going to give you the cliff notes. This is a book. If you want to read it, it's called Union with Christ. It's pretty obvious what it's about, right? So if you like what I have to say this morning, go pick up one of those books by Rankin Wilborn, Union with Christ. Here's what we're going to talk about. Why is this a secret? Why is this a mystery? What does this really mean? And what does this mean to me? Why is this a secret? Why is this a secret? Why is Christ living in you? Maybe you've heard it a lot, and, and it's just kind of something that's, that's come through your brain, but you haven't really thought about it. Why is it a secret? It's a secret. Well, let me, let me uh, just this one quote from John Calvin, one of these great theologians from back in the day, you've heard of him. He said this, union with Christ is to be given the highest degree of importance. Why? Because being joined to Jesus is the whole point of the gospel. He said, for this is the design of the gospel that Christ may become ours and we may be engrafted into his body. This is what the whole Bible, the whole gospel is all about. It's about Christ in you, living in you. And so why is it a secret if this is what the whole Bible's about? Let me just share with you. It's a secret because it was hidden. It was concealed from the world for generations. We don't really understand what this whole thing's about until Jesus comes onto the picture, right? We don't understand what God's doing, what this story is about in the Old Testament. It's, it's concealed, it's hidden in the beginning of the scriptures, we see a man and a woman in a garden in intimate communion with God. That is how they were intended to live. And that was broken. That relationship was broken through disobedience, through sin. And what does God do? What does he say? Do you remember? He doesn't say, what have you done? He doesn't come to them and say, what have you done? He says three words, a question. Where are you? Well, he's God. Doesn't he know where they are? Where are you? It's a, it's a statement of grace, a statement of pursuit. One pastor said, this is the best three-word summary of the whole Bible. Where are you? It's about God's relentless pursuit of being in communion with you. This is what the whole Bible is about. And it was hidden until Jesus came. It was really hidden that this was what God was going to do. He was going to come and he's going to rescue us and he's going to put his own spirit living inside of us. I know we can't even get our mind around that right now. It's, uh, it's just so big. What does that mean that he lives inside of me? We're going to get there in a minute. It's also a secret because it's a, a spiritual reality. It's hard to grasp, you know, in earthly terms. This, 
This is a spiritual reality. It's not a worldly reality. It's something that's happening spiritually to me, in me. And, and that's why Paul needs all these word pictures and all these similes and metaphors and all these different things to describe it because it's, it's spiritual. And we think in such concrete terms, right? If I can't define it, if I can't see it, if I can't calculate it, it doesn't really exist in our modern thinking. And so that's why it's hidden too. It's a secret, it's a mystery because we, we can experience a spiritual reality. This is what it's about. It's a spiritual reality. Lewis Smeads, he wrote this. Union with Christ is a whole new reality. It's not a reality we can contain in our heads, but it contains us. And that underwrites a whole new way of living in an enchanted world. Do you want to live in an enchanted world? That sound awesome. We're so, we're so lulled to sleep by this disenchanted world we live in that this is all there is. I just get up, I go to work, I make a little money, I come home, I watch a couple shows, go to bed, do it again. Is that, li- is that what life's about? The scriptures are telling us there is, there's something deeper, and we all know it too, don't we? We all know there is something behind the curtain. There is something when we peel back reality that we know, there's something enchanted back there. My wife is so bothered that every movie coming out seems like a Marvel movie right now. Do you, do you, is anyone else bothered by that? Like, is it another superhero movie? Are you serious? How many do we need? You know, it just shows we want to see an enchanted world. We want to see a world where enchanted things happen, right? Stranger things. Anybody want to confess to watching Stranger Things with me? Am I the only one? Oh, a few people. Okay, good. Um, There's an enchanted world. There's an upside-down world, and we all know it. Maybe we're in the upside-down. Have you thought about that? Stranger things. You know, this, we, we know this. The most important things in our lives can't be seen or touched There's divine appointments happening all around you, all the time. God is always moving. There's this spiritual reality that we are called to live in as Christ lives in us. Being united with Christ is really an enchanted reality. He is ready to move, to speak, to empower, to open your eyes. Every day is a chance Every day is a chance to see it, to see him move, to experience him, to see him flow through you in a really unique, amazing way that only he's created you to do. I love that. Paul says, he says, we preach to awaken hearts. Really, we need to be woken up to this enchanted reality this morning. I know I do. I need to be reminded there is more. There is more God's doing right now behind the scenes. There's so much more, and he invites us into it. I was reflecting on the last couple weeks, and I just had so many crazy conversations. 
where God was doing something bigger. God was doing something bigger than me, bigger than whatever I was thinking he was doing, whether it was in line at the car service place or at Trader Joe's or at the beach. Just all these conversations that, that I just was like, wow, God, you're just moving all around me. And um, one of them was, I'll just share with you, was I took Kyle, my middle son, he's 12. We got to go to Hurricane Harbor together. Um, and Hurricane Harbor is a water slide place down in Valencia and just mobs of people down there. It was crazy crowded and crazy hot. It was awesome. We just rode and laughed and, you know, we're together and just, it was, it was a phenomenal day of just one-on-one -on -one time with Kyle. And we're at this one water slide and these two middle school boys they're struggling with this raft. They're like, oh, this is this huge raft, a four-person ride. There's only two of them, and they're struggling. It's called the tornado. Anyone ever been on the tornado? Awesome ride, so fun. Um, and so they're struggling with this raft, and I'm, you know, we're kind of back in line a little bit, but they didn't send two other people with them. So I was like, oh, that's a good chance to cut the line a little bit. So, hey, guys, you need any help over there? You know, looking at the line monitor, making sure I was cool. Um, so, and the boys were like, yes. So we go over, and we start riding the tornado with them and laughing and having this amazing time together. And one of the boys has a, he's got a little cross on, a little a woven, it's kind of broken, half handmade cross. And we were in line the next time up, and I said, hey, what's that, what's that cross about? And he said, my mom, she gave it to me. She made it for me, and uh, she's in jail. Didn't think it was going to get me this early. <sighs> Dead. Holy Spirit, come. Just not in tears. Um, <laughs> that helps. So the boys, they tell us, you know, they're foster kids. And they live in a house with nine other boys and a single mom, foster mom. And they... They just start sharing their heart about it's, and it's so normal for them to talk about, you know. Here I am with Kyle, one on one with my son, having a great time, and and I just ask myself, you know, God, why, why are we with these boys? Hmm. Why, Jesus, did you, did you pair us up with these two young men? And I got to just invite them for a little time we spent together and just encourage them and, and be with them. And, you know, it wasn't anything supernatural special. It was just like I could tell God was doing something. He was doing something supernatural by putting us together. And, and they, they had a vision like, God... He does care about us, hopefully, or he, he, they got some encouragement. There is a, an enchanted world we live in, and we know it, and Christ in us, he calls us into it. 
Historian Hans Barema, not a guy you've read probably, but uh, he writes this, up until the 15th century, people viewed the world as a mystery, meaning there were things contained, realities beyond what could be seen, touched, measured, or understood. And in his book, Heavenly Participation, he says that recovering a sense of mystery is the most urgent task of the church today. Are you open to the mystery of Christ in you? Are you open this morning? So what is it really? What, what is Christ in you, the hope of glory? What does this even mean? You know, I mean, how could a, a guy who lived 2,000 years ago be in my body, that's weird. Is that a reasonable question? How, how could he be living in me? This is, what, this is what Paul says. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Paul never actually uses the word Christian to describe Christ followers. He says we're in Christ, or, we, or he says Christ is in you. You're either in Christ or Christ is in you. So what does it mean? Christ is in you. Let's just start there. Christ is in you. Turn to your neighbor and just say, Christ is in you. That was pretty weak, but you guys are doing it. How do we understand this? Jesus lives in us in a different way than any other figure, religious figure, lives in the followers of, of that religion. For example, Buddha. Buddha lives in his followers by just his teaching. That's how he lives on in his followers, right? Jesus, we believe as Christians, is actually alive. Like, he is really alive. He's not dead anymore. He rose from the dead. He's alive. And he, when he ascended into heaven, said, I'm going to send my spirit my advocate, my comforter, my encourager, I'm going to send it into you. I'm going to dwell inside you. That's what Christ in you is. Christ is in you. You get to have the benefits of the spirit of Christ inside of you to encourage you, to empower you, to strengthen you, to forgive you, to set you free. We get that. But you're also in Christ Turn to your neighbor said, you are in Christ. Say that. That was a little better. In him, you are hidden, it says. Paul says, you are hidden in Christ. You're secure in Christ. Christ covers your shame. In Christ, you discover who you are. There's a security, there's a peace, there's a rest that, that comes from being in Christ. So Christ is in you, but you are also in Christ. Maybe this will help. Um, if you were born in this country, you're an American citizen, you, America is in you, and you are in America. What do I mean by that? America's in you. When you're born into, a, into this country, there, there are inherent rights you actually get right away. You don't have to do anything for them. There's benefits right away that you get for being born into this country. There's nothing to do with your choice, your decision. You just get them. 
benefits. Isn't that awesome? And when you're in America, you're secure. You're, you're protected by the laws of this country. You are in America. So America's in you and you're in America. I remember this, if you've ever traveled overseas, anybody uh, just been away for a while and come back, uh, it's pretty amazing to come back to the States and go through customs and all that. I, I was on a trip in 95 called Semester at Sea and we went around the world on a ship and we went to all these exotic countries and learned about the world and it was an incredible experience. But one, one memory I'll never forget was coming up the Mississippi River and that's where we landed in New Orleans. We're, we're sailing up the Mississippi at sunrise, amazing sunrise. It's a chilly November morning and out of the loudspeakers, the captain pushes play. We're coming to America. We're coming to America today. And everybody on the top of the ship is like screaming out and yelling and crying. And, you know, it was this amazing moment of just like, wow, we live in America. We're in America. We could exhale. There's security. There's rest. God wants you to find rest in him. Is your soul restless? You feel insecure? Do you feel scared? Do you feel anxious? You are in Christ. You are in Christ. And Christ is in you. Hopefully you're getting the picture. Are you with me? Yeah? Wake up. Wake up this morning. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. So what does this all mean? What, is, what does this mean that Christ is in me? I, I was really just meditating on this passage this week. And what, God, what do you want to say? What does this mean to me that you're in me and that I'm in you and that we can be one? This is awesome, but what does it mean? And a couple things I want to share. This goes in so many different directions, but this is where God led me. I, I think we've boiled down Christianity to just like God wants to just have a friendship with you. That's it. You know, he wants to restore a relationship with you. And he, there's this God up there, and he just wants all these people, these followers, to just come up into heaven for eternity and just be singing praises to him. And I think he's doing so much more than that. I think we boiled it down too far. He does want to restore our relationship with him. That is part of it. But like any good father, he, he's got so much more in store. He's always got more planned than we think. More than you can ask or even imagine. He's like that dad that just has the surprises up his sleeves, you know? A treasure chest of surprises for you to discover as you go through life with him. So he, he is... He is restoring his relationship with you, but I think there's more. And the more that I want to talk about is just to, to transform you. It's to completely restore you. He, he doesn't come into your life just to give you an upgrade. This isn't about just another level of like, I'm going to be a little better Jono today because I got Jesus in me. That's not what he's doing. He's coming in to totally change me, to transform me. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new 
creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Paul says he's, he's preaching for hearts to be awakened so people will be presented as perfect, as complete. That's what God's doing. He's, he's, he wants you to be perfect, to be complete. His plan is a, a total makeover. Total makeover. He wants to change the patterns of your mind, the habits of your life, the behaviors, the view of yourself. He wants to change how you see other people. He wants to help you love better than you could ever imagine. He wants to change your normal human thinking into supernatural thinking. That's what he wants to do. That's why he's inside of you. That's the only way he can do it, right? If he just wanted to restore our relationship, he might have done it some other way, but he came inside of us to get close, to, to move and to change our hearts within us from the inside out. In this whole series, we've been talking about ourselves, how to see ourselves, what mirror to look in, and how that impacts our reality and our life and our experience of life. Here is what's revolutionary in this passage. Who you were created to be is only found in Jesus Christ. Who you were created to be, it's only found in Jesus Christ. You cannot live the life you were meant to live without him. That's why he comes in to us. When we look into the mirror of Christ, we look into the mirror, we see our destiny. We see who we are becoming, who God is making us to be. Isn't that awesome? When you read the stories of Jesus, you're seeing yourself. God is, God is transforming you, and he's going to make you into the person of Jesus, the person of compassion and peace and joy and love. That is what he's doing. It doesn't mean you lose yourself in it. It means you fully realize yourself, right? It's about fully realizing who you are. That's what Jesus comes and, and helps us to do. Just got a couple minutes here. This is total opposition to the mindset of our world. The mindset of our world, as modern day theologian Kanye West said, I'm nothing if I can't be me. That is the mindset. This is my favorite emoji. I don't know if it's your favorite emoji. If you have a favorite emoji, this is mine. It's mind-blowing. And our world tells us we need to be free from any external authority or expectation that might constrain who we really are. This is, this is a different mindset. This is Jesus wants to dwell in you. He wants you to see yourself in him because he's the one who created you for him and by him. He wants to blow your mind. He wants to give you a whole new mindset that you live in this enchanted reality with him. And he's transforming you. He's bringing you together with him, but he's also transforming you into something amazing that he can see. Romans 12.2 says this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. Whenever you see this emoji, I want you to think of that verse. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, this mindset that, that we just, that, that this is all there is to life, what I see in front of me. That, that I have to create my own identity. I have to be like Madonna and every five years create a new identity, Madonna 15.0, whatever she's on now. You know, it's like, we, we don't have to do that. We, we don't have to create our own identity. The choose your own identity mindset of our world is failing. It's not working. It doesn't work. Jesus is where we find our true identity. This is what Paul is telling us. And so I really wrestled with how to end this this morning. Man, it was a wrestling match. I'm going to invite the band to come up. This is this, this scripture and this whole idea, it, it just is so refreshing to me to think about, you know, that Christ is in me and that I am in Christ. It's, it's transformative, isn't it? And so I was just wrestling, how do I, what, good Jesus, what do you want us to say? What do you want to say this morning? What do you want to say to these people? And, and it's in prayer. It didn't even come till late last night. And, and this was the phrase. He gave me. He said, there's so much more. There's so much more for you to experience with me. You want more? You want to experience? more of him, the promise of Christ living in you. I wrote this just, just late last night. I, I was just praying. God said this. Maybe you feel bored by your faith or by religion. Maybe you feel stuck in your habits or your patterns of thinking. Maybe you feel beaten up by your circumstances, overwhelmed by your life. Maybe you feel like you're a fraud or a fake or you're just not living up to people's expectation of you. Maybe you don't know who you are anymore. Maybe you're drowning in anxiety about your future. Maybe you're in a place of grieving, loss, disappointment with people. I feel like I've had all those feelings in the last month. Jesus says there is so much more. There's more. I want you to experience me in you. I want you to walk with me. You know, when, when I got married... 21 years ago, I, I got a piece of paper that said I was married. I don't even know where that thing is. It doesn't, it doesn't mean anything, does it? I had to change my mindset. Like, it's not me any longer. It's we. It's not just I. It's we. What if you just, just that simple little mind-blowing shift, what if you just did that? You just said, we, Jesus... What do, you, what do you want us to do today? What do you want us to do? What can we do together today? He's with you. He's in you. Don't settle for doing life alone. Don't settle for trying to create your own identity. Embrace the one he's given you. It's so powerful. It's so real. It is real.
I'm gonna invite some friends up here to the front uh, that are gonna hold mirrors up as we close this series. So why don't you come up if you're on our, our mirror prayer team, come on up here to the front. And sometimes we need someone to speak over us the reality. We need someone to speak a word over us that encourages us to keep believing, to keep going, to go further, to go deeper. And so at the end of this series, we, we just, we wanna give people an opportunity to have a word spoken over you, that Christ is in you. The reality of Jesus has come and he's in you and we can worship him and we want our hearts to awaken to this reality this morning. So would you stand up? Stand up with us. Maybe just close your eyes for a moment. It's kind of a risk, but I, I want us to just praise God for a minute. I want us to awaken our hearts to who God is, how good he is. Could you just give him a shout out this morning? Come on. Oh, you're not done yet? Come on. He's the lamb of God. He's come. He's living inside of you. Let's go. This is how we wake up our hearts. We adore him. We praise him. We thank him. We are so excited that he's here with us, that he's here in this place. We want you to experience him more, more deeply. So we're gonna invite each one of you as we continue to worship and lift up the name of Jesus. You're gonna come down, you're gonna, you gotta hear a word spoken over you that Jesus is in you. And we believe, I believe God's gonna God is going to speak something really special to your heart this morning if you want him to. There is so much more. Jesus, we thank you. We praise you for coming into this world to rescue us, to love us, to live inside of us, to dwell in us, to transform us. We want to be transformed into the likeness of your son. Would you do that? Help us to remember this morning how good you are. God, I pray for these words that are spoken over each person, that they would touch a deep, a deep part of their soul this morning. So we worship you. We thank you. Thank you for this word. Thank you for the scriptures, the mirror that you've given us to see ourselves and to see you. We give this all to you this whole morning. God, may you be glorified in this. In your name, Jesus, amen. So we're gonna sing a few songs. When you're ready, you come down. And this is how we're gonna close this series. Come down and just enjoy a word spoken over you, into you this morning. Let's worship. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.